You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. Man, do we have a good one for you today. We've got a lot of stuff. This is our wonderful scouting breakdown of the enemy for week number three. The 49ers are now 2-0, and and we are going against the 0-2 Pittsburgh Steelers. We got a lot of stuff for you today. So, what we're going to do, if you guys have any questions, obviously throw them up on the chat. I'd love to get to those. Please tag me so that I can see them. Good morning, Data. It's wonderful for you to join it. Now, uh, lots of stuff to get to. News and roster moves, which we do have quite a few. Um, some good news, some bad news there. We're going to go through the injuries for the Steelers, offense, defensive schemes, what to look for, uh, betting lines, all of those things. And we will conclude today's episode with probably one of the most fun things my predictions because you guys love to hold me accountable on those and I love it I think we've done okay so far I've just missed out on the players of the game or the MVPs so a lot of stuff to get into so we are going to jump straight into that uh, with just some news and roster moves for the 49ers so one We did finally bring in another offensive tackle. Sam Young um, was signed. Uh, You know, one of those things we expected, you know, Shanahan loves people that have played with him before. And so we go out and we bring him in. So that means we have to get somebody off of the 53. And bad news, Trent Taylor's injury is way worse than what we thought. So he has moved to IR. Um, you know, his ankle is better, but his foot is not. Uh, he will not be able to come back until Halloween. Uh, so October 31st in our game versus Arizona, best case scenario. We now have two players that can return from IR. Uh, it's going to be Contavious Street and Trent Taylor. Now, some good news, Jalen Hurd. Kyle Shanahan came out this week and said, we fully expect to have Jalen Hurd back um, after the bye week. So we have the Steelers here week three. We get a full week off and then Monday night football. So we're going to have 15 days between the game this Sunday and all the way past, all the way up to, um, you know, the week five game on Monday night versus the Browns. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, D4 did get in a limited practice. I told you guys in the last episode 
that I really do think that if he practiced on Friday, he's going to play. I'd put it at about 75%. I don't think that he's going to start, and I don't think he's going to get a lot of snaps, but that 20 to 30 snap range is just fine for him. We just need him in pass rushing situations, which is going to open the door for somebody else to start on the outside. Is this the first time Nick Bosa gets to start? It should be, um, but I wouldn't be upset if Blair was out there either. He has been playing way (laughs) above his pay grade. So uh, love Blair. He's awesome. And also we swapped out long snappers. Colba is out and John Kondo is back in. Uh, Really fun article over on The Athletic that details his journey uh, with his pregnant wife uh, practicing long snapping by Matt Barrows. It's some good stuff. So let's get into, we already got some questions. Much appreciated. Um, Real quick, I'm worried the Steelers pass rush in our weekend O-line will be the key to this game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, There's no doubt that the left tackle Justin School, who's really never played in the NFL, rookie, he's going to have his hands full for sure. Now, the key is going to be how the 49ers are going to help him out through play-action passing, through chipping, through having a tight end on his side, through having Kyle Juszczyk helping out, uh, all these different ways. This is where this is why we have Kyle Shanahan, because he is going to have to create that opportunity to allow us to keep moving the ball down the field without Jimmy G getting hurt uh, or hit at all. You know, he hasn't been really touched at all. I do believe uh, we will be the victim of a few sacks that are going to ruin some drives. But all in all, I still think that this is beyond a winnable game. Um, Mr. Superfly, do you think Sherman Witherspoon can shut down Juju? This is a question that's come up a lot this week. Unfortunately for the 49ers, um, The problem is we do not move corners around. So wherever the Steelers want to put Juju, they will dictate who is on covering him. Uh, Juju takes a lot of snaps out of the slot. We do not move our corners in. They stay. Sherman's defensive left, left, Witherspoon defensive right, and our slot guys are our slot guys. So this is going to be interesting to see the chess piece that is Juju because he will line up in four to five spots uh, all over the field. Um, They're going to determine who is going to be guarding him. Now, whenever he is lined up out wide, that is going to be best case scenario for the 49ers. So um, that's where we're at. Uh, what's the payout on the over-under? We're going to be going over that in here in just a second. Um, the over-under is usually almost always about even, but I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But before we jump into the betting stuff, I want to go over the opponent's record stats in history um, in injury report. Okay, Steelers are 0-2, but make mo- no mistake. They're not a bad 0-2 team. And their front office has signified that by going out and trading their 2021st for Minka Fitzpatrick. So they still believe they can win now. Um, Big Ben is out. He's uh, he's done for the year with his elbow. That wasn't Big Ben wasn't playing well, first off. And two, their backup quarterback's pretty good. We're we're gonna devote a lot of time once we get into their offense. Um we're going to devote a lot of time. I'm going to go back over my draft profile that I wrote on Mason Rudolph back whenever he came out, all those things, but uh, that is huge. And they've lost to two really good teams, you know, the Patriots and the Seahawks. You can say what you want. Uh, Seahawks beat them 28-26 to 26 
in Pittsburgh. Uh, so that's a big win for the Seahawks, and it was a huge loss for the Steelers. And then week one, they got destroyed by the Patriots, 33-3. to So something to pay attention to. Uh, yes, they are 0-2. Yes, I do think the 49ers are going to win this game. I'll go over the exact score and all those things. But this is not – Vegas right now is a 6.5-point favorite. The 49ers have us at um, – sorry, Vegas has the 49ers at a 6.5-point favorite. That's a lot of points. I, I'm not taking that bet. I do think we win. Um, the cover is – it's extreme. I'll say that. But, you know, a couple other injuries that are out there. Big Ben for sure. Mark Barron, their linebacker slash safety hybrid. Their defense is hybrid. Okay, so we're going to give players tags, you know, defensive end, linebacker, safety. They play all over the damn place. They will walk their free safety up and put them a yard off the line of scrimmage on the regular. They are a very multiple hybrid, confusing defensive alignment team. So it's really hard to peg people. um, And that's what they want to do. They want to cause a lot of confusion. Uh, That's what they're trying to do. Um, Now, Lots of people did not practice. Anthony Ciccolo, their defensive end, did not practice. Joe Hayden, probably one of the most important, did not practice. If he is out, that's going to be gigantic for the 49ers wide receiver. Roosevelt Nix didn't practice. Vince Williams didn't practice. Bud Dupree was limited. He's going to play. And two guys that you know were a little bit questionable early in the week, James Conner and Vance McDonald, both full practices. Uh, they are going to be out there. We get to see Vance, <laughs> which is... It's always it's gonna be fun on the other end because goodness, you know, I, I dug a little bit into Vance McDonald's stats, which we all know he drops the ball a lot. <laughs> so maybe he can return to, you know, the favorite to us and drop some passes as we get into it. So Vegas lines, here we go. The 49ers, we are six-and-a-half-point favorites, as I said. Uh, It was up at seven, and it started backing down. It seems like the money is a little bit behind the Steelers, and I don't blame them. They are a very, very good football team. The over-under is 44 points. Uh, I told you guys to get in this earlier. It was at 41. It's jumped up almost an entire field goal. Um, Right after Big Ben went down, it was at 41. Uh, We told you on here to get your bets in on that. It's jumped up three points points total since then um now of the four games the 49ers and Pittsburgh Steelers have played they have gone over 44 points three out of four times Uh, the only time they didn't is when the Steelers were destroyed 33 to 3 but I do like this bet you know it's about an even bet according to the you know my bookie and here's the deal man there is something new so Couple things. Whenever I talk about a bet on here and I say I like it, I'm putting money down on that. So if you want to join me, that doesn't mean we're going to win. We are four for four. It's about to jump up. Um, I did give you two season long bets earlier this week and betting the under on Teddy Bridgewater starting and winning seven and a half games and also Mason Rudolph starting and winning seven and a half games. Um, so I took the under on both of those. But my bookie, they have a brand new thing. This is brand new this week. It's their props builder. So instead of just betting the game lines and the over and under and all those things, you get to pick what you want to bet. And they have everything. You could pick a bet earlier in this week again was who's going to have more receptions, Debo Samuel or Dante Moncrief. Holy freaking cow, they've taken that off their site, but they still have quite a few bets that are very, very profitable. So what you do is you head to mybookie.ag. Um, use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, and once you do that, they're going to double your initial deposit. Then you click on NFL, click Props Builder, and then you 
highlight the game you want, and there are so many bets. There's hundreds of bets, whether it's receptions, yards, passing, touchdowns, whatever. My favorite thing that I've been playing with a lot lately is the double up. So you pick two things that are going to happen, and you get pretty good odds. Here's the bet that I put my money down on this week. I bet on Kittle to have 80-plus receiving yards and the 49ers to win. That is plus 108. So you're going to double your bet with a little extra if that happens. Again, Kittle... 80 yards receiving, and the 49ers come out with a victory. Um, Man, that's doubling up. I like that very, very much. So head over to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers, get doubled uh, your money, and just go have some fun. Uh, There's a lot of stuff on there, and mybookie's amazing because when you win, you get paid, and it's easy to get your money out. Now, a couple uh, questions have been popping up. Appreciate that, guys, for your patience. Uh, you said if Jimmy G gets sacked more than 40, uh, four times, the 49ers lose. Do you think the Steelers will do this? I don't think he'll get sacked four times. I do think that he'll be sacked two to three times. Um I think the 49ers could win this game even if Jimmy Garoppolo gets sacked four times. Um, Their defense is predicated on turnovers and sacks. But because of the way that they scheme and their alignment, it's not a sound defense. They are not uh, gap sound, and they're not coverage sound. They do a lot of man um, on the back end with huge cushions whenever they bring all these various blitzes and whatever else. So... Uh, This is a game that could be bananas, where lots of interceptions, lots of sacks on both sides, but lots of explosive plays as well. So this is not one of those games where it's, you know, you have to, obviously you always want to be safe, but uh, Jimmy G could go down several times and we still win this game. I I do believe that that is uh, 100% a possibility. So uh, next question, who am I most impressed with on defense? Quan Alexander, I think, you know, he's one of those guys that's up for comeback player of the year, and he's even playing almost to a defensive player of the year caliber in week two. Obviously, he's kicked out in week one, so that hurt. But if he can manage that hype and be able to do his thing, <laughs> we're going to be just fine. Sorry about that. Next question. Do you think the Steelers' lines are bigger and stronger than the 49ers and will push us around? I don't think that they're going to push us around, but this is 100% strength on strength. The matchup of this game is the Steelers' offensive line versus the 49ers' defensive line. So their offensive line is absolutely incredible. You know, I did an article in the offseason where I went out and I ranked every single offensive line going into the season. Um, I had the Steelers at number eight, and you could make the argument they're a top five. They don't really have a weakness. And on top of that, they run 13 personnel, which I'm going to get into a little bit more later. 13 personnel is uh, the first number is how many uh, halfbacks you have back there, uh, which so 13 is one, and then three additional tight ends, but they're not really tight ends. What they'll do is they'll bring in an additional offensive tackle. Okay, so they'll have three tackles out there. Then they'll put a big tight end and then another tight end next to them. So three additional guys to where instead of the five offensive linemen, they'll basically have five offensive linemen to the right of the center alone with a tight end off the line, a wing T almost formation overloaded to the right. They love to stack up and protect. Their quarterback doesn't get hit very much. You know, the 49ers defense is predicated on pressure. And what the Steelers do is they say, look, we're going to keep everybody in a block and we're going to send guys on go routes on the outside. Um, That's it. So they'll do a lot of three 
passing options where their job is we're just not going to let anybody get our quarterback, and if one guy gets open, it's going to be for 50 yards deep. So it's going to be interesting. It's a very unique scheme. It works very, very well. They've had a lot of positive things happen with this offense. So I do think that our defense can rise to the occasion. You want to know how good our defense line is, how good our pressure is? We're finding out this week. And it's wonderful that this test is coming in week three right before our bye because if there's any issues, trust me, we're going to find out pretty damn quick. Um, I heard the Steelers historically have a terrible record playing on the West Coast. Is that true? Yes, they do. Uh, Mike Tomlin in particular. Um, very, very bad numbers traveling across. But here's the thing. Every single team in the NFL sucks whenever they play two time zones across, especially on Sundays. When they're night games, it's a little bit better. Uh, that number kind of goes back closer to the mean and is a traditional road game variance. But early on, yeah, Mike Tomlin has been... Uh, oh, look, here's the word, ding, 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 abysmal when coming all the way over to the West Coast. Um, so hopefully that continues, especially with the rookie quarterback getting his first start. Um, John, what's the probability of going 3-0, and uh, 3-0 and team going to the playoffs? So I don't know the specific numbers, but what I do know, um, teams that went 2-0 and on the road, historically uh, have a 55% chance of making the playoffs. There's only three teams that have done that so far. I believe it's the Packers, the Chiefs, and the 49ers this year. Only three teams qualified for uh, 2-0. and I believe it's those three teams. I could be off. That's the top of my head. Now, obviously, 3-0, and that's going to shoot up exponentially. My guess would be, well, not exponentially, probably about 60 to 65%. Um, now, the problem is this. 3-0 and is wonderful. We're in a hell of a division. Our division has one loss. <laughs> we have one loss through eight games. Nobody's played each other in our division yet. Uh, the you know the Arizona Cardinals they have a tie and a loss, but we're the only team or the only division with three undefeated teams: the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers, of course. But this division's tough, and the NFC is very very top heavy this year. So that wild card nine and seven probably will not get into the playoffs. Uh, I, I really don't believe that's going to happen. I think that you have to get to 10 wins to get in this year uh, because it's so top-heavy and there's a lot of crappy teams at the bottom. So um, we'll have to see what happens. And all you can do is, you know, you, you take the season and you break it into quarters. This is what teams always do. So four uh, week quarters. Now we have our bye week, which is huge. So we're going to kind of add week five into that first quarter. But we're 2-0. Worst case scenario, we walk out of this 2-2, two and two, we're going to be okay. Our future is not determined by the first four games. However, you can alleviate a lot of pressure, build confidence, and put yourself in a better position down the stretch. And if you go back to when they released our schedule and you look at the 49ers schedule, it's absolutely rough down the stretch. So yeah, the more wins we get now, <laughs> the better. I remember saying, if we are not 5-2, and two, you know, after week 8, we're not making the playoffs because that home stretch, those last eight games are going to be tough. If we go if we go 500 those last eight games, I think we're in the playoffs. I really, really do. Um, how does our defense play against tight ends like Vance McDonald? Well, this depends. If Fred Warner is responsible for Vance McDonald, we are going to be in trouble. Uh, we highlighted this on our defensive breakdown 
Fred Warner gives up a ridiculous amount of receptions. Um, he is awful in coverage, amazing versus the run. So do we just put uh, Tart or one of our other guys on him? Uh, we'll have to just kind of wait and see on that. Now, I, we're getting lots of questions. I want to jump back into them, but I want to continue our breakdown. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. These episodes usually go longer. Um I've got five pages of notes. <laughs> I haven't got through first page yet, guys. That's okay, though. This is a good problem to have. Now, historically, the 49ers versus Steelers, they played 21 times, and it's pretty close to 500. The 49ers are up 11 to 10. Um, they've only played twice in the last decade, and we are 1-1. One one. Pittsburgh did win the last game 43-18, to so that was in Pittsburgh. Hopefully, we can return that same score back to them. Now, what we're going to do is we are going to pause and focus only on Pittsburgh's defense. We're going to go over their strengths, weaknesses, scheme, players to watch out for, players to exploit, uh, all those different things. So here's the good news. Probably the best news of today's podcast. Their defense sucks. <laughs> it's not sound, as I said. And if you have a quarterback that makes good choices, you're going to dominate them. They've allowed the 28th most points in the NFL out of 32 teams, the 29th most yards. Uh, so it's not a bend-don't-break mentality. It's a go-get-turnovers um, and sacks. That's their entire goal. Now, the strength of this team, uh, very similar to the first two teams we played, Um they are very stout in the middle. That defensive line is pretty tough. Almost every team in the NFL wants to solidify up the front because they can stop the run and provide pressure on the quarterback. And they've only allowed one rushing touchdown, which makes them 10th best. That's the only team stat that the Steelers have in the top half of the league. Everything else is near the bottom. Uh, weaknesses, man, they give up so many catches to the running back out of the backfield. So, for example, a lot of this has to do with the teams they played, but the Patriots are known for this. Burkhead and James White had 12 combined catches in one game out of the backfield. And then last week as well, uh, the Steelers, uh, they were able to move the ball very, very well just on screen passes, things like that. So this bodes well for Mostert and Breida and Kyle Juszczyk. I, I look to see a lot more of that happen, happening. Now, their scheme is known as... A, it's. You can't really label it. It's labeled a 3-4, but it's a hybrid 3-4. A lot of different plays. You'll see just two linemen with their hand in the ground and everybody else moving. So they don't have traditional roles as far as like the 49ers defense is this is where we line up and it's measured. We want you four by one off of the inside foot of the defensive lineman to the strong side for our linebacker. They don't do that at all. So whereas the 49ers defense is very um, alignment sound, this is not. People are moving around like crazy. And the main reason why is they don't blitz a lot. But what they do is they're only going to bring four guys. You just don't know who the hell's coming. They'll bring the free safety on a delayed blitz. They'll bring the strong safety. They'll walk up their free safety on the line. Um, they'll do an overload blitz on the offensive left side. But again, it's only four guys. It's 100% just kind of like drawing plays in the dirt. Hey, what if we do this? Hey, what if we do this? Which works sometimes, but it can be exploited if we are sound. Um, so again, gambling defense, everything's about turnovers and sacks for them. 
If we limit turnovers, we win this game. Uh, that's very, very key. Defensive players to watch out for. There's really three guys that I'm really, really worried about. TJ Watt, you know, the brother of JJ. Obviously, he is unbelievable. He plays everywhere. He'll have his hand on the ground. He'll be in coverage. Um, he rushes the passer. He's great to get. He does everything. By far their best player on defense. He's got nine pressures and one sack and three additional QB hits so far this season. Oh, man. I... If I was, he, he plays predominantly on the defensive left side, which is great news for us because that's going to be Mike McGlinchey on him. However, if I was the Steelers DC and they move everybody around, I would put him over Justin School for probably 80% of the game. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And then two more defensive linemen scare me, Steven Tuitt and Cameron Hayward in the middle. They could do so much because these two guys don't move. They are anchors in this defensive line. And what's crazy is Steven Tuitt, um, he's got three total sacks so far as an interior guy. He plays um, the defensive end spot kind of like um, very similar to what Cowboy used to do for us. Um, he, that big side defensive end, but he's so strong and powerful that he can actually get pressure as well. Uh, before I finish up their defense, a couple players I think we can exploit. If Joe Hayden is out, um, he hasn't been ruled out as of me recording this, then I think Mike Hilton will get to start at outside corner. And he's a very strong physical run corner. He's awful in coverage. So his film just looks bad. Uh, any double move, any long play action pass is going to be trouble. Again, great versus the run. Mike Hilton, awful in coverage. Uh, the Steelers love those big physical cornerbacks. But because of that, it doesn't always play out well in coverage. So I'm very excited if Joe Hayden's out. I think Debo could just completely dominate that guy. It would be a dream matchup for him out there. Also, Devin Bush, who probably one of my favorite linebackers to come out of the draft in over a decade. We had two of them this year, and Devin Bush and Devin White. We played both in three weeks. And he is amazing versus run, but here's the issue. He has missed two tackles already, and he's got a little bit of this Fred Warner side to him. He has allowed 11 catches on 14 receptions and two touchdowns. This game is looking beautiful for our backs not rushing, but coming out of the backfield, screen game, um, jet sweep motion, set up a screen, which we've seen Kyle Shanahan do a lot. And the last guy I want to talk about on their defense, Terrell Edmonds, the safety. Uh, they took it the first round. I had a fourth-round grade on him whenever he came out. Um, he has allowed six catches on eight targets with one touchdown and 142 quarterback rating when targeted. Um, Will Disley destroyed this guy. <laughs> um, Will Disley, Disley, I do not consider a great tight end, but... If he could do this to Terrell Edmonds, what the hell is George Kittle going to do? So excited to see what's going to happen there. A couple more questions before we jump over to the offensive side. Do you think we will struggle with outside zone and play action bootlegs uh, with the type of D the Steelers run? Now, here's the thing where I disagree. I, I, I don't think that we will struggle. The issue is this. Play action was designed to destroy teams like this. The only key is... Can you give your quarterback enough time? That's going to be key, which Kyle Shanahan showed this a lot last week. Well, He will do a max protect and just send two guys out there on the route. If he does that, then I think we're going to be just fine. So, uh, yeah, our big plays are going to come off of play action. So uh, whether or not we get Jimmy out in the open on a bootleg, I don't know. But I'm not worried about our outside zone because, again, they're not um, – 
gap sound. So if we call the right things through motion and get them, if we if we can motion, pre-snap motion, and get them wrong in a blitz to where the safety or a linebacker doesn't come over in time, which Kyle Shanahan's going to take advantage of, I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, what role do you think Kyle Juszczyk and Levine Toilolo will have in this game? I think Toilolo will have the most snaps he has had so far this season. Um I want him next <laughs> to school on a majority of plays. He is a hell of a blocker. We've got to help out our left tackle. It will be curious to see if they're just going to let him sink or swim. <laughs> I would not do that particularly, but we'll just see what happens. So um, lots more stuff to get to. Man, I got all these questions. This is wonderful. Do you think Jalen Hurd is the missing link to the wide receiving core? I think Jalen Hurd will be eventually the best wide receiver on our team. I do believe that. I'm a huge Jalen Hurd fan. Uh, with the news of Trent Taylor being out on IR, Jalen Hurd's going to be the slot guy once he comes back if – he can stay healthy. Um, so here we go. Do you think we can get pressure on Rudolph? <sighs> We've got to. Uh, the problem is their defense or their offensive line is unbelievable. So let's jump into our offensive breakdown right now. And this is going to kind of help us out. Okay. Now, uh, here's the thing their old line is unbelievable. They allowed 18 sacks last year um, and 32 more quarterback hits. That's not too bad. That's close to the average, but a lot of those sacks were Big Ben. He always takes sacks, and it's funny, pro football focus, if you look at the stats, um, the Steelers have given up two sacks this year. They credit Big Ben with both of those sacks allowed. Um, you know, you go back and you look at the plays, uh, it's over five seconds in the pocket with nobody touching him, and he's pump faking and just looking around. He holds the ball. A lot of that was just because he was gigantic and he could shake off defenders very, very well. But those numbers are going to go down. So um, one of the best run-blocking groups in the NFL, they have three all-pro caliber players on their offensive line, Villanueva, Pouncey, and DeCastro. So something to pay attention to. They've only allowed two quarterback hits this entire year. So it, the idea of us going back there and getting four or five sacks, probably not going to be a thing. Now, it is a rookie quarterback, right? So let's talk about Mason Rudolph. So here we go. Uh, this is going all the way back to my pre-draft breakdown of Mason Rudolph. This is his first start ever in the NFL. He did get to play some, and the kids got moxie. You know, at, coming out of Oklahoma State, if you saw the first play last week versus the Seahawks, uh, there's a vid there's lots of videos out there. there uh, Jadavian Clowney is just barking and talking trash on the first play. Mason Rudolph looks up at him, makes eye contact, and winks at Jadavian Clowney, his very first play. That's pretty special. Um, <laughs> it takes balls to do that. And he played really, really well in that game. He goes 12 for 19, 112 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We'll talk a little bit more about that game. So let's jump back now to who Mason Rudolph was before he came into the NFL draft. 6'5", 235. He ran a 4'9", so he's a little quick. He's a big dude. Um, Three-year starter for Oklahoma State. He posted a 92-26 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, 63% completion percentage. He led the entire country in passing yards in 2017, so 4,904 yards. Um, you know, he's in the top 10 back-to-back -back years passing yards per attempt. The dude is efficient, and he has his number one teammate with him, James Washington, out of Oklahoma State as well, who is an amazing deep ball player. Um, 
pass receiver. Now, here's the thing about Rudolph. Very disciplined. His eyes are always downfield during pressure, even when scrambling. He's not a guy that's going to duck his head. A lot of quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, mind you, once pressure gets around them, they duck their head and start looking around the offensive line um, and defensive line to see where they got to go. He never does that. And I saw this you know, just in last week's game. When pressure's up, he is constantly looking for where to throw the ball. So that's going to be interesting. The number one thing that this guy does he had the best deep ball percentage completion percentage yards touchdowns he throws an amazing deep ball he's a perfect fit for the Steelers system Uh, Big Ben chunks it deep all the time that's what Mason Rudolph does so um, he did have a lot of predetermined reads in college he was not a guy that would get to his third or fourth option very often he he knew where he was going with the ball right off of the bat and he's very streaker streaky He can overthrow three passes in a row, or he doesn't have an incompletion for an entire quarter. So you can't let this kid get settled. You got to hit him. You hit him, he's going to have a bad game. So a player comparison that I had, again, this was all before the draft. Ryan Tannehill, but a much better deep ball. Um, I had a second round grade on him, which is where he went. Now, the one thing that was very interesting last week, he was blitzed five times after he went in. He went one for five and threw an interception on those blitzes. So not that he didn't get pressure either. The problem is he can't diagnose defense. Raw talent is there. He's unbelievable. His arm is unreal. And he's got wide receivers to go get the ball deep. So the issue is you got to confuse this guy. You've got to do multiple defensive looks. You got to move guys around. You got to bring guys from different places. Make him think. If he thinks, he loses. So curious to see what Robert Sala has up his sleeve to what he's going to do because we can win this game easily if he we just get to the quarterback early. I, I really do believe that's key. Now what they do on offense, they are a power, power, power team. I talked about 13 personnel earlier. Dre Greenlaw is going to play a lot of snaps. <laughs> um They do come out in four wide packages, which will uh, move to our nickel defense. But we're going to be in a traditional 4-3, probably about 60 to 70% of this game, much more so than what we did last week. Last week, we didn't have three linebackers out there unless it was short yardage. We're going to have a lot of three linebackers. So Drake Greenlaw is going to be key this week. I'm really excited to see how he's going to play. Players to watch out for, Juju, James Conner in the offensive line. Man, the matchup of the year is going to be David DeCastro, the right guard, versus DeForest Buckner. I am so pumped. Uh, every single time they are out there, I'm watching that. That is good. On, that's best on best. It, it's going to be great. That's what football is about. I love top-tier matchups like that. Now, a couple tendencies that I found with their offense. They love attacking the left side of the defense. And this was the same for Mason Rudolph when he was in college. He loves to throw through the offensive right, defensive left. Um, it's it, Richard Sherman's going to have a game. <laughs> He's going to be targeted a lot. So seven passing attempts, and this is a very small sample size, I understand. When Mason Rudolph came in, he threw the ball to the defensive right seven times, only once to the defensive right. Um, and that one was incomplete. 12 rushing attempts off the right tackle, only two to the defensive left. So uh, they love attacking. I, I just mixed up my words there, sorry. They want to go to the offensive right side all the time, whether it's running or whether it's passing. So Eric Armstead, Sherman, uh, those guys, it's going to be key. Uh, we're going to see what they got. 
And I think Tarvarius Moore is probably going to have one of his most important matchups because when they do that 13 personnel crap, he's got to come down and play. You, you can't have um, him just sitting in the back all the time. So curious to see what he's going to do there. Now, players to exploit Mason Rudolph and Vance McDonald. Um, Vance only got one drop so far this year. I, I think we could change that. I really do. We, we got a <laughs> the drinking game that Better Rivals puts out. Um, when Vance McDonald drops a pass, you take a shot. Uh, that needs to be in full effect this week because it's going to happen. So a couple more questions before I get into my predictions um do i have a scouting report on rudolph i just read that one sorry um weaknesses you got to make them think that's huge right there why do you think the seahawks struggled against the steelers uh because they have one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl and they do not mind their quarterback getting hit because he somehow has never missed a game i don't understand it um yeah it's all about the seahawks o-line I, I, the offensive line for the 49ers is better at every single position except for left tackle. And, um, yeah, that's it. So, um, would you, uh, would love to have you on my 49ers podcast show. Yeah. Just reach out to me on Twitter for anything. Um, I just did a, <laughs> a kind of monologue for the 49ers nor podcast, which should be coming out later. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that. You'll, uh, that was a lot of fun, but yeah, if you have, you want to reach out, that's fine. I'm here to help anybody out. Uh, just reach out to me on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman, which you can see on the banner now, how you like those graphics. And um, also email if you want to do that as well. My DMs are always open on Twitter, or you can email me, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com. Um, always open out there. Um, what offensive player, not quarterback, worries you the most? It's got to be Juju because they dictate who is on him. So they can hide him. They can match him up with a linebacker if we're in a 4-3, uh, traditional 4-3 with three linebackers. So that scares me. So um, we'll just have to see what happens. Could pressuring Rudolph be better game plan than trying for sacks? 100%. Um, we've got to make that kid think. And if we do that, I think that we win. I, I really, really do. So excited for that. Now let's get to my game predictions. And please... At me on Twitter whenever I get these things wrong. I, I do not mind it. Hold me accountable. I love that. Um, but you also got to hold me accountable whenever I get it right sometimes as well. Here is my prediction for the game. The 49ers will win and increase to 3-0. and um, and if you've been following me in the past, you know I'm not like one of those guys that thinks the 49ers win every game. I, I, but I do have a very close game, and I have it coming down to the last possession, 27 to 24, close one. Robbie Gold kicks a field goal to win the game on the last drive. Um, Jimmy G will be getting hit a lot. I have us getting two sacks and three additional QB hits, which would total more than he's received the first two games. But George Kittle is going to finally have his huge break breakout game without the refs taking away two damn touchdowns. Um, I have them getting 10 plus targets, 100 plus yards, and at least one touchdown. I talked a little bit about the bet that I put in on my bookie under props builder, um, 80 plus yards for George Kittle and the 49ers win. That is my bet of the week. Um, 49ers will rush for 150 total yards. Um, you know, I had 175, but I think 150 is a little bit more reasonable. On the defensive side, Quan the Enforcer will continue to play insane. Um, he will be on James Conner all game. So all those slot uh, passes, the little screens, the little bubble screens, the all that stuff, Quan's going to shut him down. So if, if you're a fantasy person, yes, James Conner should be started. 
Um, you have to play him, but he's not going to have that great of a game. I really don't think that he is. Quan's going to shut him down. Now, the problem's going to be is if James Conner gets matched up against Fred Warner in the passing game. We can't allow them to do that. That's going to be problematic. Richard Sherman will have a roller coaster day. He's going to give up a touchdown, but also get an interception. They are going to test Sherman. Um, I could see him getting seven or eight targets and deep targets at that. So uh, excited to see that. Vance McDonald will have two drops. And this is the week that we are going to find out who Tarvarius Moore is. This is his week. We've been, he's been out there. He hasn't given up any big plays. We're going to figure out if this guy's a baller this week because he's going to have to play well. And as I said, the game winning drive will be Robbie Gold kicking a field goal with little to no time left on the clock. Um, Super excited about that. Quick question with all of the focus on Kittle and Debo. Could Goodwin or Pettis be a surprise star in the game? Yeah, um, Pettis for sure led the team in snaps last week with 35 from the wide receiver position. If he's going to continue to be out there on the field like that, something's going to happen. Um, I, I guarantee you something's going to happen. Goodwin, I, I think we saw a little bit more of what Goodwin's going to be. I struggle seeing him get more than three or four targets in a game. I could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. I love Goodwin, but he is a guy that just takes the top off the defense, which is huge. Um, and that's going to kind of stop whatever it is. Um, you know, just it, it, his job is much more of a decoy because you have to respect the speed. Fastest guy in the NFL. Unbelievable. Takes the top off. But that allows for all the undercut stuff with uh, our running backs, Juice, Kittle, all that stuff. So uh, his job out there is just we have to hold him honest. So you got to give him the ball sometimes. But uh, he just opens up seams for everybody else. Um, so. Uh, do a shout-out for the Niners fan home base. They need to fill those seats and be active. The team deserves support this year more than any other, 100%. You know, whenever we made the move to Santa Clara, uh, not happy with it, but it's what happened. We, we don't have a say-so in that. We've got to turn into a fan base that rocks the stadium. Uh, I, I'm very excited. I want to be taking my family to a couple games this year. But the idea is this. We need home field advantage. And the way that you do that is by having smart fans. We have these smartest fans. Quiet when we're on offense, loud as hell on third downs when we're on defense. That's number one. So if you're going to the game, if it's third down, just yell. <laughs> if we're on defense, it's third down, yell. Uh, that is absolutely huge. Um, last question of the podcast. John, how do you see our center playing? He's going to have his work cut out for him. I really do believe that. That's going to be uh, something that we're going to have to get done. But other than that, if you guys have not already, make sure you hit subscribe. We've got a lot of new things coming for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy the new visual setup. We're not done. I'm adding a lot more stuff to it. But just want to say thanks, Faithful. You guys are unbelievable. And can't wait. We will be having a live show right after the game ends, five minutes after Kyle Shanahan's press conference. So if you're not on YouTube... Type in John Chapman, go to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, because when we do these live shows, you will be notified, and then you can join. So make sure you head over to YouTube. John Chapman is the name of the YouTube channel, and then hit that bell, so that way, um, whenever we start broadcasting, you'll be good to go. So stay strong, faithful. Can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.